Greetings, college football fans. Welcome to another edition of the Mike Farrell Sports Show. Uh, this is on the Believe Podcast Network. It's also on Mike Farrell's YouTube page. So make sure you're subscribing to all those. Uh, 48 hours away from week zero, Mike. This is it. The uh, This is not a drill. We have made it. We are there. The long off season has, well, been long. And uh, we are on the doorstep of some relatively crappy week zero college football. But college yes. football, nonetheless, we'll get to all that crappy. in a moment, Mike. But how are you feeling 48 hours away from uh, from footballs being thrown into the air? <clears throat> I'm right. I, I know, you know, it's going to be one of those things where we've been looking forward to it. And then all of a sudden it's going to be week six and we're going to be like, how is this halfway over? Um, that's just how it works. But it, it should be fun this weekend, at least a couple games that have a pulse. And then looking into week one is going to be awesome. I mean, you know, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Oregon, Georgia. I mean, that's that, they, there's some really, really good, um, you know, non-conference matchups in week one, which I think is going to go away. That's not going to be happening very much with these TV contracts. And you're not going to see a whole lot of that. But you're going to see a whole lot of more uh, in-schedule, in-conference games. Um, and, and probably earlier in the season as well. So we're, we're always going to have good college football, but I'm going to miss, I'm going to miss the, the Oregon, Georgia, you know, I remember the, the, I don't know if it was a kickoff, Clemson, Texas A&M. There, there were some games that were really cool out of conference. And I think that's going to go away. We'll get to, we'll get to that. We got a bunch of stuff on the agenda. We got quarterback decisions being made across the country NIL stuff's coming up. Obviously we get week zero games. We'll preview all that stuff and a couple of things coaches wise, Mike, but let's, let me, I've been dying to ask you this question. Take me into the Mike Farrell Saturday setup. What are we looking at here? You got multiple TVs working, you know, how do you Mm -hmm. keep yourself? I'd love to know the, the, how, how you keep yourself uh, involved on a big Saturday. Take us behind the curtain a little bit. So what's cool is uh, this year is a little different. You know, it used to be, uh, this is my first year independent, so it used to be, you know, uh, obviously it's the same setup, multiple screens, multiple games, all that good stuff. Um, but this year I'm getting into a podcast in the mornings um, with Fantasy Pros and my buddy Thor Nystrom. And we're going to be talking about the spreads and the games and, and you know, some props and things to gamble on, which I love. So you start your morning. Uh, with complete degeneration, de- mm. de- degenerate behavior, and, and and then take it from there into the noon games. Um, but it'll be, you know, multiple screens. I- I'm going to try not to tweet because what I do is I do that in spurts. You know, I'll do it for like 30 minutes of one game, uh, but then I'll lose focus because I'll just go back and forth. And then obviously rewatching on Sunday and rewatching on Monday. Uh, a lot of people think that that doesn't happen. Because, you know, how can you see every game? Well, I can't. You know, they're live, and sometimes there's a great 330 uh, up against a great 330, and especially primetime games. So you you tape. That's old school talk for the court. Is, wow. um, and then you grab you grab the VHS. Do you, drop, do you drop pictures of the game while you're watching it? Mm, I don't, but I take the okay. VHS tapes, and I pop them in, and I watch uh, reruns of the games and stuff. And, and – you know, from a scouting perspective, too, because I'm ranking college football players. I'm ranking college football players for the NFL draft. Um, you know, how does this affect recruiting? You know, this this particular win, this particular loss, uh, which recruits were there. It gets a little nutty, uh, but it's going to be fun. But I, I'm excited about the podcast because that's going to sort of get the day started on a real deep dive. I mean, we're doing our first one. Um, you could follow Thor Nystrom. I think it's just find him on Twitter. I don't know what his handle is. Uh, and Fantasy Pros. 
But the first one, I mean, we're going to be diving into the spreads of some of these games, you know, like horrible, horrible football games. Um, and it's only going to be a half hour of the first show, but it's going to be an hour and a half every week. And I'm going to make people a lot of money because what you do, I've learned, is you take what I say and do the opposite and you'll make some money. Thor's handle is actually at Thor, T-H-O-R-K-U. So it's Thor K-U. Is, is oh, yeah, he's, a Kansas, he's a Kansas fan, the poor guy. We all make mistakes, Mike. No one's perfect. Uh, so how, how do you decide the game? So let's say let's say you got a big matchup, right? You know, okay. you got a, a, a blue blood Alabama, let's just say, playing, you know, middle Tennessee, western Kentucky, you know, some sort of a smaller school. Uh, or you've got maybe a, a smaller matchup, like two two smaller schools playing each other that are really good. Do you do you default to the blue blood to see sort of how good Alabama is, or do you want to watch a better contest? Well, I also base it on – so that's a really good question because, you know, every team I want to see. So, you know, I, I'm looking at week one, okay? I'm, I'm looking at the Saturday, and I haven't mapped it out yet. But 3.30, there's some choices. I mean, obviously, you've got yeah. Oregon and Georgia, which is the game I'm going to gravitate to. But Cincinnati and Arkansas is a very intriguing matchup. Sticky game, yeah. Two ranked teams. And from an NFL draft perspective, uh, I have to map it out that way too. Um, you know, how many draft prospects are in this particular game? Who do I want to see? Uh, who haven't I seen? But that's what the All-22 is about, uh, getting that film later um, and also going back and rewatching. But I'll prioritize the game, I think, that has the most value on a – national level so in that case obviously it's oregon and georgia um, when you get into the night you know the 7 30 notre dame and ohio state um, that's going to be the game now if there's a if there's two really good football games between top 10 teams which rarely happens then i have some trouble but i'll always i'll always gravitate towards the ones that have the national title picture Makes sense. All right. We'll get back into week zero games here in a little bit. We'll get Mike's thoughts on everything coming up this weekend. But, uh, you know, Mike, I, I know you were planning something and, and I've, I have bad news. You can you can stop. You can cancel it now. That GoFundMe you were going to start for Nick Saban. Turns out he's not going to need that anymore. So we'll yeah. hit the cancel button on that campaign. Uh, Nick uh, continues to uh, to find ways to get paid and got paid again, Mike. Uh, yeah. Not surprising, of course. You know, he's, he, he certainly is revered as you know one of the top if not the top college coach of all time in some respects right so nick saban back to the bank your reaction on nick continuing to up the number of zeros and commas in his salary well the first thought i had was that there should be some sort of caveat in here that he's never surpassed as hmm. a salaried head football coach and as long as he's coaching um this deal takes him into what i believe 78 years old he's 70 he looks like he's 40 um, he's the GOAT. There's no challenging that, and he should never be surpassed. So the fact that Kirby surpassed him uh, was even disturbing to me, even though he recently won a national title. I remember a couple of years ago, Jim Harbaugh surpassed him at one point, and I'm like, this should not be allowed. It, it should be illegal. But there, is, there are good um, clauses in this contract. If he's not one of the top three SEC paid coaches, then all of a sudden, boom, renegotiation instantly occurs, and he's, his salary is bumped to that. Um, if he's not one of the top five national paid coaches, then again, it's not really renegotiated. It's just that gets fixed. So right now he's 11.7 million on an annual basis throughout his contract. He's number one, Kirby's number two. You know, I think we have an estimated salary of Lincoln Riley because it's a private school. 
Um, and I'm not sure of his buyout, but he's at 10 million plus. And I think he's going to be the next guy to, to surpass him. I wrote an article on, on uh, MikeGirlSports.com to, today, I think it was, who's going to surpass him next. And I looked at these guys. Um, Ryan Day continues to get salary bumps, mm-hmm. but not to the level I believe he should. And again, if he wins a national title, that changes everything. Mel Tucker is not going to make any more money. I mean, 9.5 million. I don't see that going up. I mean, I think Michigan State's going to sort of level out here. Um, you know, they're in a tough division uh, and a tough conference. So I'm not saying they're going to regress, but I think level out. Brian Kelly's going to have a rough first year at LSU, so that's not going to happen. And then you've got Lincoln Riley. So they're four and eight. They're probably going to be seven and five minimum. Um, everybody's going to be excited about USC football again. Recruiting's going to go well as it is. Uh, there's going to be some NFL uh, people reaching out to him, mm-hmm. or at least his agent's going to say it, uh, like the Cowboys or whoever else. Jerry Jones on line one. Right, and that's going to raise his value. And I think they're going to, after maybe not one year, but maybe two years, they're going to renegotiate his deal, and he's going to be a $13 million guy. Um, but then, you know, then again, I mean, that'll jump saving down to two and Smart down to three. Someone else will probably leap him, maybe Kirby Smart. If he has another great year, they'll give him more money. But I think the thing is, you know, they're going to have to really pay a whole lot of money to keep Lincoln Riley at USC because he's so locked into that move to to the Big Ten. He was the last piece, I believe. People say that he had no idea they were going to the Big Ten. People say he wasn't involved in negotiations or any of the TV deals or any of that stuff with the Big Ten. That's not true. When he moved to USC, it absolutely cemented their uh, position as an attractive program for the Big Ten. Um, and without Lincoln Riley, uh, USC, unfortunately, right now would just die. Dead. Dead. Mario Cristobal, too. They don't have the money in Miami, but he's at $8 million. I know if he has one good season, they're going to up that quite a bit. And, and I, I believe with incentives, he's closer to 10 He's another one to keep an eye on. And, and Dabo, I think, will start flirting with the NFL very, very soon. Uh, and he's 8.3. Um, he flirted with the Panthers a few years ago. Uh, yeah. He doesn't like NIL. He doesn't like the portal. I mean, Dabo, I don't think, is long for college football if he can find a, a, a really good NFL fit that he likes. Yeah, Panthers could be open again soon. Matt Rule uh, probably on a bit of a hot seat. Uh, Baker Mayfield mm-hmm. started quarterback, by the way. What about Jimbo Fisher? He's 10 on this list, 7-5. If, if uh, Texas A&M has a, a, a breakout season, uh, obviously, they're, they're they're pouring a ton of money in in, in the NIL game. Not a shortage of cash down there in uh, in Aggie Land. Do you see Jimbo getting up there? I don't. Um, you know, the, the the issue I have is they're number six in the preseason polls. <clears throat> they were disappointing last year at eight and four with all the talent. They've got a ton of talent this year as well. Uh, if they have another eight and four season, people are going to start to say he's he's overpaid because his his contract is guaranteed for over a hundred million dollars. Uh, 7.5 million, you know, Texas A&M can afford that. SEC schools can afford that, but they're not going to raise him up if he has another mediocre season. And despite the fact that they have a really good defense, um, you know, and I think they're very young um, and talented on the defensive line, you know, moving forward, they've got that foundation in that 2022 class. Um, I just, I worry about the progression of a quarterback. You know, I mean, they want to get Malachi Nelson. Uh, he's it's still talking. 
to A&M, but he's probably going to end up at Lincoln Riley's world. And I just don't know if he can develop a quarterback there. And, and it's funny to say that because he did it at LSU, he did it at Florida State, but he hasn't done it at Texas A&M. And I just don't see that difference maker. That's the one thing they're missing. And until he solves that problem, they're always going to be a team, I think, that finishes at best second in the West and, and at worst fourth. Let me give you an off-the-wall name. I, I think every year you have the annual James Franklin is up for another job someplace and gets a bump from Penn State concept. He's at number 13 on this list, $7 million. Do, do you see him continuing to, to leverage that potential interest and other opportunities to jump up this list even further? Obviously, product, production of the field has to be there as well, but Big Ten now going to be flush with cash, not that it wasn't already. Do you see James Franklin, the annual James Franklin is looking at blank job, getting him additional bumps in salary. Yeah, there's jobs. I mean, we're running out of jobs, uh, but he'll be. <laughs> Are we though? He'll be. He'll be mentioned for the Florida State job again. I mean, you know that that will come up, and he'll be mentioned because he was mentioned there. You know, he was mentioned for the USC job. There were a bunch of other jobs he was mentioned for. Some of those jobs have been filled. LSU, I think there was some talk, even though that wasn't the case. Um, and does he really have to win? I mean, he's getting raises every year. And they're not winning. It's not like they're losing, um, but they're certainly not winning. I mean, obviously, COVID year was bad. They started off 0-4 and then won their last five games. And COVID is a throwaway, if you want to say so. That's fine. But last year, they were a disappointment. You know, there's a lot of pressure this year on, you know, he can't finish fourth in his division. You can't keep getting raises if you're not stepping up to the table a little bit more. Um, and that's my concern for Penn State is, you know, how good is Sean Clifford going to be? Um, I've got this thing. It's really neat. And I don't promote it enough. Uh, it's called the Feral Sports Projection, Statistical Projection, um, where it just sort of it's a math equation that I came up with with a really smart math guy. And it spits out um, it spits up projected seasonal stats. And I had Sean Clifford. I was looking at him the other night because I was looking at, for some reason, Keaton Slovis because he was named a starter. And I did an article whether he would be better than Kenny Pickett. Uh, the, the, the sports statistical uh, projection has Sean Clifford throwing uh, for 25 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, and a 58% completion rate. That's not going to get it done. Um, you know, it could be another very average year is what I'm saying. Uh, they should finish behind Ohio State, obviously. Michigan's schedule is easy. Um, and then it's Michigan State and Penn State battling it out for that third position in their own division and fans aren't going to put up with this. I mean, they're just not going to put up with continual raises and continual talk of them leaving before some of them and boosters get, get frustrated and said, well, just leave. And I like him quite a bit. I think he's a great recruiter and what he's doing on the recruiting trail. Now they've lost the convince this year, but they're really aggressively hitting the Southeast. And I think that's what's needed, but no, I can't. He's got the best agent known to man. I just can't see <laughs> him continuing to get raises unless they move the needle, as you said. All right, we're gonna. I'll mark this tape and, and we'll play this back in eight months and we'll see how that lands, Mike. And there's one name, on, and he'll get a raise, yeah. and I'll I'll throw this back at you. Uh, there's one name on this list I think is uh, is interesting. It's a bit of a wild card to me, uh, and I know your reaction about him personally, but I, I think the situation's interesting. Steve Starkeesian. Number 16 on this list, 
5.45 million to Texas. I think Texas is a school that just wants to throw him money, right? Like wants him <laughs> yeah. to win, to throw him a boatload of money, give him a Powerball check to to stay there. He's interesting on this list because if he finds a way, I know that you have your 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 thoughts about whether or not he can actually win there and, and if Texas actually can be back and what that'll take. But if he actually figures that out, I could see him jumping this list in a hurry because Texas will be running to him additional money to keep him to stay there. Yeah, the interesting part about that, and I've got another name I want to talk about, so remind me of Lane Kiffin next because I think he's going to... Fair enough. He's going to make a move. You know, it's what he does. I'm not saying this season, but in a couple seasons, he's going to, you know, be at a different job. But when you talk about Steve Sarkeesian's salary, 5.45 million annual, it's lower than uh, his consultant, Gary Patterson, was making at TCU. And it's just astounding to me that that's the case at Texas. Um, you know, they threw a lot of money at Tom Herman, but they've got money to burn. Uh, yep. They just do. So you're right. I mean, he could absolutely double that salary. Mm -hmm. We could literally be talking about him signing a deal that's uh, $120 million over 10 years if he wins this season. And, and that's how dumb things are um, in the college football world. I mean, the overreaction to Mel Tucker and the interest that LSU had in him, um, and there was legit interest. I mean, he was number one on the list. To throw him $9.5 million with a fully guaranteed contract is insane because you don't know what the guy's going to do. He had one good year, and you don't know what he's going to do. Same with Sark. If he has a good year this year, that doesn't mean that he's going to be a, a, a complete success. He could be a, a colossal failure. Um, yeah. But they will double his salary. If he goes, let's say he goes 9-3 and three this season, which isn't great, but they won't double his salary, but he'll be up in this $9 million range. Um, or if he was five and seven, he'll be fired. So those are the, <clears throat> the risk reward of Texas football. But you're right. When you look at these programs, you're, you go down uh, to after James Franklin, you're at Northwestern, UCLA. And then he hit Texas and you're like, what? How is he making so little money in Texas? You're right. I could see him uh, being third on this list with a good season. I, I agree. If he needs he wins nine games, right? With the promise of Arch Manning coming in. I know again what that means to you, right? Promise of Arch Manning coming in, recruiting class, going to the SEC. Yeah, I mean, he's absolutely gonna be top five if he wins nine games. Uh what the hell? Somebody just told me I screwed up on Instagram. Um, yeah, I, I completely agree. I shouldn't multitask. Um I, I, I completely I, now, agree. Uh, now I want to know what you screwed up on Instagram though. So you can't say these things to me, Mike. I, I have I have such a, a, a brain uh, childlike. Uh, now I got to know what you did. So you can continue. I'll look it up. The wrong graphic was put up. So, so there's scheduling, right? I, I use this program and it's a famous program. I guess I could out them. Hootsuite, right? And it makes it so difficult. I mean, Hootsuite makes it like you have to have um, a college degree in Hootsuite to learn how to use scheduling and things like this. And you have to turn your Instagram into a, it can't be a creator. It's got to be a business. And then you got to link it to Facebook the proper way. And it took hours and hours for us to figure this out. And somebody just said your most recent instant post for the 2023 QBs has the schools from the best FCS transfers. Just so you know, it does Malachi Nelson hot take going to Albany. So Mike, Mike, uh, Mike Farrell's exclusive reporting. It Malachi doesn't Nelson really, to Albany. it doesn't say he's going to Albany. No. Does it? Well, it has, it has uh, Malachi Nelson and five, five, his five stars. And then it has the Albany logo there. <gasps> Hold on. Yeah. 
I got I to fix this. We got to fix this. This is live. This is happening. Yeah, while, I got to delete this. I mean, come on. What's this happen? Looks like uh, this, this, this is a fun alternate universe that we could live in, though, if no, you want to go there. Horrible. No, this is okay. horrible. It Everything about this is absolutely horrible. I'm trying to. Like, because he, he's now gone off the screen. Uh, he's he's yep. so uh, he's so flustered at at oh, we here. This is causing me to filibuster a little bit of time uh, while while Mike does that. Are you following Mike on Instagram? By the way, you should. M Farrell Sports. No, uh, don't. Where, you, where you can get. I well, don't suck. do it now. Do it by the time you hear this. This will be all over. So go ahead and follow uh, follow Mike on uh, on Instagram. Mm -hmm. he's still efforting. I can't believe that happened. I'm back. I'm back. He's back. Whatever. There we go. What a nightmare. I mean, that's like, and that's not that's not a Hootsuite problem. That's a uh -oh. uh, so I, I have some tremendous, tremendous uh, graphic people working uh, with me, right? Hmm. But they're overworked and then they're paid because this is sort of a startup and we're just trying to get things going. And uh, sometimes they screw up. And that was just complete brain because you're right. I mean, I'm not like I Nelson going to Albany. So that's what happened news. was that it so Mike, did, that's a Mike Farrell exclusive right there. So here's what happened is, is, uh, my guy did the top 25 FCS to FBS transfers and Jared versus mm -hmm. number one. And he went from Albany to Florida state. So he had those little logos and he must've mistakenly put those in instead of the logos that should be USC for Malachi Nelson. And that's mm -hmm. just a nightmare. And here's the way the world works, ready? And that got three comments before I deleted it. So I, I luckily I caught it quick. And thanks to one of another one of my interns who pointed it out. But if I waited for an hour, it would have been 50 comments on this about how I don't know anything about sports because I think Malachi Nelson is going to Albany, which of course we all know. There's no logical reason on this earth that I would ever think that it's called a mistake. But the fact that I'm not on top of everything and making everything perfect. I put out a coach's list um, and I spelled, I didn't do it, but so, somebody spelled Brian Harson with an I. Okay. Now the mm -hmm. coaching list, the point of the coaching list was to rank the SEC coaches from Nick Saban all the way down to 14. And Brian Harson was last because I think he's going to be fired this year. And he was ahead of Clark. He was behind Clark Lay and people were getting upset. But all anybody on Twitter cared about was that he spelled with a Y, uh, an I instead of a Y. It's all, they're all, everybody's just looking for mistakes. They're looking for one little mistake. And then they want to tell you that you're a horrible human being and you don't know what you're talking about simply because of that one mistake. So that's what would have happened on Instagram, especially Instagram because it's an extremely immature platform. Like it's a lot of kids. I would have been blown up and destroyed. So there's a live look at my horrible, horrible mm. existence that it's a Thursday. I'm trying to do a podcast and a mistake goes up and it could have just ruined my life. Watch out for Dante Moore to incarnate word. Uh, you want to get back to Lane Kiffin, uh, though. Lane yeah, Kiffin, so, 11 on the list, 7.25 mil at Ole Miss. So he's going to, um, obviously, he, he's going to move, I think. I mean, listen, Ole Miss fans think he's there forever. I, I love that. That's great. That's awesome. And it's a great fit for him. Um, and, and I think he should stay there and they're going to pay him to stay there. But the issue with Lane Kiffin is we know that he's an interesting dude and he's a mover around guy, you know, I mean, he, he, 
Yeah, he left Tennessee in the middle of the night, and he says he regrets that. It was very immature and impetuous, blah, blah, blah. And he loves his situation here at Old Miss. Uh, but let's be honest, in two or three years, we're going to have openings potentially at Alabama, maybe. I don't know. Uh, oh. LSU. LSU, you know, uh, Brian Kelly. You have a couple bad years there. I don't care if they paid you $100 million guaranteed. They're going to punt your butt out of there. Um, and some other really, really attractive big programs. Um, and he's going to be wooed. I remember when he was at, uh, <laughs> what the hell was it? I can't I get him confused. FIU. Uh, FAU. FAU. FAU, FAU yep. You know, whatever initials he was at, right? And, and I was like, Oregon's job is coming open. And there was this internal push for Mario Cristobal. And I thought that would be a great hire. And it turned out to be a great hire. And then he spurned them. And now he goes to Miami and Oregon fans say he's a horrible coach. And that's just the way life is. But I was like, they should hire Lane Kiffin. And everybody laughed. Everybody said, are you crazy? You know, this guy, no. He's too erratic and blah, blah, blah. I think that would have been a great hire for Oregon. I think they would have been as successful as they were under Mario Cristobal. And I think this is a guy who is just a rare head coach and offensive mind where somebody's going to want him badly and they're going to throw a ton of money at him to get him. Um, and so I think he's going to be a guy that 7.25, when we look at this in two, three years, he's going to be up for 10 million easy. Which of these guys do you think is most likely to to flirt or go to the NFL of, of the top 10? Saban, Smart, Riley, Kelly, Mel Tucker, Ryan Day, David Shaw, Dabo, Mario, Jimbo, Lane. Do you see somebody in here, Harbaugh 12, obviously. Do you see somebody here potentially trying to jump to the NFL? Uh, that's an interesting question. I mean, Saban will never. Kirby Smart won't. Lincoln Riley, maybe. Uh, I could see that potentially, although you know he's got a pretty good gig right now at USC. Brian Kelly flirted with the NFL for a while. Um, you know, yeah. the Eagles job years ago was attractive to him and they almost had a deal done. I could see him, you know, I just don't think he's a fit at LSU. And I think we're going to learn that very quickly. Talent wise. Yes. Coach wise. He's fine, but just a fit fit. I mean, if, you know, when Ed Orgeron loses games and he's a Louisiana guy and in everything about him is Louisiana and still, people wanted him gone a year after he won a national title. What kind of patience are they going to have for a red faced, horrible dancing dude from the Northeast? It's just not going to be, it's just not a pretty fit. So I could see him landing in the NFL. If things don't go well at LSU, the first couple uh, years, David Shaw's got the best gig ever. He's not going anywhere. Dabo, I mentioned could probably look at the NFL. Um, and of course, Harbaugh. Harbaugh is going to look at the NFL, just the way it is. Sorry. I know he said, I'm never going to do it again after he wanted the Minnesota job and, and publicly said he was going to take the Minnesota job and they didn't offer it. He wants to go back to the NFL. Um, so he's the guy that I would keep an eye on as well. Jimbo? No. I, I, this, it's going to sound weird because there's a lot of NFL coaches out there that are extremely immature and super narcissistic. His personality is not made for the NFL. The whole pull, you know, pulling your quarterback over after each throw and screaming at him and all the and his his demeanor off the field. Just you can't put that person in front of an NFL franchise unless you're an idiot. I mean, Jerry Jones is not so smart, but 
I don't see that happening there, but I'm saying he's just hey. not, he's not a fit for the NFL. It's not. You never know what Jerry, Jerry's the wild card here because obviously Mike McCarthy probably on the hot seat this season. Uh, their old line's going to be terrible. So Dak Prescott's got to run for his life this year, but we'll see how, how that checks out. Uh, speaking of quarterbacks, speaking of people getting yelled at, Mike, we got some additional clarity this week on who will be behind center week one. Some QB ones were revealed this week. A couple uh, notable ones. Keaton Slovis wins the job at Pitt. John Rice Plumley wins the job at UCF. Looks like LSU is close to making a decision as well, Mike. Uh, quarterback moves that either surprised you, shocked you, any any upcoming moves that you see on your radar as we zero in on uh, on the start of the season? Well, you're the, you're the expert at UCF, so that wasn't a surprise okay. to anybody, right? Um. No, if you're, I think what's interesting is there's, there's a lot of, uh, of Mikey Keene was the backup at UCF, stepped in last year when Dylan Gabriel got hurt. All the words uh, out of practice where he had, you know, he'd, he'd been sort of the steady Eddie, if you will, had, had run the mm-hmm. offense clean and crisp and made a lot of throws. But I mean, let's face it, you know, Gus, Gus wanted that, that sexy playmaker at, uh, at quarterback. And I think obviously that's, that's what JRP is. So even though he may not have graded out as the best quarterback there, I think he's the right fit for what Gus wants to do. So a little bit of a surprise just because a lot of the tide had thought it was the other way. But when you sit back and look at it, Gus is clearly trying to replicate, you know, the 2013 Auburn offense at UCF this year and the Nick Marshall mold. So I think that makes, that made that decision pretty easy. For him. It wasn't going to be your backup wide receiver. Joey Gatewood? Uh, no, no. I think he's like the ninth string wide receiver at this point. I, I know. Poor I kid. Such a nice kid, too. A really nice kid. And all the really kids nice kid. comparisons out of high school. And, Poor you know, kid, As a yeah. freshman, legit, he was six foot six, like 200. He still is six foot six, yes. Yeah, and he couldn't he couldn't complete a pass. He just couldn't throw the ball in, in no. high school. So, you know, we ranked him as a four-star based on projection because he was just big and athletic and how could he not learn to throw the football accurately? And he, he did, uh, he, he, I mean, he didn't, he just never learned how to throw it accurately. So then he goes, you know, transfers from Auburn, um, to Kentucky, Kentucky and yeah. trans- transfers out of Kentucky at the end of last summer and then gets instant, you know, waiver, uh, back with Gus at, at, at Auburn. And now you see him on the depth chart way down, uh, at wide receiver. It, it's just, it's interesting to see, and I will tell you this, ready? NIL world, and I'll get back to the quarterbacks in a second. Joey Gate would have been, would have made a ton of money out of high school, a ton. And every penny of it would have been wasted, just thrown away. You might as well just take it, flush it down the toilet. But that was a kid who would have been thrown a lot of deals coming out of high school. And that's why NIL beware, because now you look at where Joey Gatewood is, um, you know, if you throw millions of dollars into a player like that, and again, a nice kid, you're going to just lose your, your shirt. Um, Slovis. So, you know, the, the FSP, and I still fumble over the name, but I'm trying to brand it. Uh, the barrel. Statistical projection. Yeah. No, I just okay. saw Tyron Smith blew out his knee. Yeah. That was, I told you that uh, you were referencing. Yeah. That offensive well, line is going to be a, a belief show this year. I'm a Cowboys fan, but I can't follow the NFL at all because of all this, you know, NFL, uh, college football stuff. But I didn't know he blew out his knee. That's really bad. Um, yeah. Slovis projected 64% passing, 64.74% passing, 4,000 yards. Good. You know, not pick it, but good. Uh, 31 touchdowns, 11 picks. So he's a solid uh, choice for Pitt. I mean, I think this isn't a surprise. Um, I think he puts up 
okay numbers. They've got an average running game. I know Pitt fans think it's going to be better than average. Um, they lost Jordan Addison. It's going to be interesting to see. They've got weapons. They've got all their offensive line back. He's going to have time. But the fact that Pitt, Pickett set the bar so high uh, and they've got a new offensive coordinator, uh, I think Keenan Slovis is going to struggle a little bit. And 31 touchdowns, 11 picks isn't horrible at all. But more than 10 interceptions in college football isn't great. Um, Jaden Daniels, I think, is going to be the guy at LSU. Um, so let me let me click over here because that was our projection anyways. Let me see what stats spit out for him. Really good stats. Really good stats. Yeah, which is weird, right? Because, and and I will tell you part of the reason for this. So what we did is, that, and again, I'm not a math guy, but my math guy went into and he did an algorithm based on the last five seasons and he prorated COVID and all this other stuff at quarterback. And then we put in modifiers for systems. So, you know, you move from an offensive system where Brian Kelly is more of your reserved offensive, you know, system and his offensive coordinator is going to be more reserved. And, but Joe Burrow's in here that Joe Burrow 2019 year, and it just screws everything up. So Jaden Daniels is projected to have a tremendous, tremendous year. Uh, and a lot of that, unfortunately, is based on that one outlier year, which we try to devalue because when you have a crazy year like that, um, it throws everything off. But Jaden Daniels and LSU look like they're going to have a good offensive year. And he's got booty. Um, he, he's got, you know, some young wide receivers. Jack Beck is a very, very good tight end. Uh, their running back situation with Noah Kane and John Emery is solid. I just don't think that that schedule plays out for them to win a lot of football games. And mm. even if the offense does well, the defense is is pretty good. I mean, they did well in the transfer portal. They lost Elias Ricks, but I think they they added more depth in their defensive backfield. They've got pass rushers. Linebackers are okay. But I keep looking at this schedule, and I can't wrap my arms around anything short of 7-5 and five or, or, or better than 7-5. and five. And and that's going to be intriguing if he goes seven and five. So that's my thought on Jaden Daniels, who will likely win the job. Um, now watch, he won't, you know, <laughs> it, it'll be a whole, you know, different situation if they go with one of the younger guys and who knows what the projections will be at that point in time. But um, I mean, come on, the schedule is it's just not fun. Like what about what are you hearing about Auburn? I know they're they're embroiled in a in a QB battle, a, a three horse race. TJ Finley, Zach, Zach Galzada, and, and Robbie Ashford. What are you hearing about what's going down at the Plains? You know, it's been quiet. Um, this is the other thing I notice about being independent because I've been independent now and um, more opinionated, but also don't have a large corporation behind me, which people need. Um, so let's just put it this way. Some contacts that I've had over the years have dried up a bit because oh. they get sensitive about things I say. Oh. And it never used to happen when I was working at the other place because they needed the other place. And right now mm. they don't need Mike Farrell's sports. Right now. In a couple of years, hopefully they do. Um, so it, it's been super quiet. I don't have a ton of intel there. I mean, Calzada has to be, to me, I'm assuming the guy, um, you know, because TJ Finley is a big kid. He looks
looks the part. Every part of him has, you know, pro NFL written all over it, except he can't throw an accurate football, period. And Calzada is at least serviceable, but I think they're in trouble. I mean, I love their one-two punch at running back. I mean, Bigsby, and, and I think Jarquez Hunter is going to be better than Bigsby, and people laugh at me when I say that, but I think he's going to be the better running back maybe this year, maybe long-term. But they, they don't have a lot at wide receiver. Um, their offensive but, line has been a mess. Well, yeah, you, you, you have Brian Harson on the hearts on the hot seat, right? So this is this is a pretty oh. important decision for him, right? If, if he's thinking long-term job saving status, right? Well, here's the thing. I mean, how can it work? Okay, so figure out a way. And this, I'm asking Auburn fans. You tried to run the guy out of town. You know, <clears throat> you tried to start rumors of, of some sort of ex-marital affair. Uh, you did everything you could, booster-wise, to get rid of this guy. It didn't work. Now you welcome him with open arms and say, he's our coach. We love him to death. Last year, they were seven and six. It was a, a crap season, embarrassing season. You know, even with all the grief people gave Gus, um, it, it was just worse than Gus. Um, and then, you know, this year, either he goes, you know, six and six, and you, you, you finally, you know, it's only been a year, but you finally get rid of them because that's bad. I mean, they start with Mercer and San Jose State. If they don't start 2-0, and there's already going to be whispers, uh, which they should. But, you know, Penn State, that's not a fun game, even though it's at home. You got Georgia, obviously, cross-conference. That's not fun. Um, and then you've got, you know, Alabama, A&M, Arkansas, Old Miss, <laughs> LSU in your own division. That's not fun either. So, but let's say he does great. Let's say he goes 10 and two. And let's say he somehow wins the Iron Bowl. Then he's going to leave. Everybody's going to want him. And he's going to be out of here. He's like, you guys tried to frame me, set me up and get rid of me. I don't want to be here. So how can he last more than this season? They're either going to try to fire him or he has success. And he's going to be like, I don't care how much money you throw at me. I'm going off to this open job here because this is a nightmare. Well, that's music to the ears of James Franklin's agents and uh, and probably Lane Kiffin's agent at this point, right? Because they just see their, see their clients potentially moving up that top 15 coach salary list. Yeah. And, and they'll be, you know, they threw money before Harson, they threw all they had at Cristobal. And Cristobal mm -hmm. got more money offered to him, I believe based on my sources than he did for Miami and he turned it down. Um, <laughs> he just said, no, I'm not going into that horrible situation. Um, and so that's, that's kind of where you stand with that job. People will use it to, you know, sort of further their status and raise their salaries and, and, and get other jobs, but it's not really an attractive job right now. Well, so, so you, you think this is this is it for him, right? Uh, last year. Well, I mean, I'd, I'd like to think not because it's only in his second year. But after that mess, I just think that there's going to be no patience whatsoever for a, a difficult season. And so let's look at it. They start off two and zero. I think they lose to Penn State, so they're two and one. Missouri, let's give them a win there, uh, three and one. LSU is a toss up, uh, so let's give them that four and one. Georgia's a loss. Old Miss is a loss. Now you're four and three. Arkansas is a loss. You're four and four now. At Mississippi State, you're losing. You're four and five. You're losing to Texas A&M. You're four and six. 
let's say you beat Western Kentucky, which isn't a lock, you know, and then you lose to Alabama, you're five and seven, he's gone. I mean, if everything goes well and he goes eight and four or, or nine and three or whatever, then maybe he stays. He's got to really, it's got to be a middling number for Auburn. You know, he's got to be eight and four and everybody's okay. Let's give him another year. Uh, because if it's 10 wins, he's gone on his own. And if it's, you know, five wins, he's gone because they want him out. Michael Penix Jr. named the starter at, uh, at Washington, the uh, Indiana transfer. Probably not a surprise there. No. Uh, what's surprising to me was actually I saw, I think, uh, Jared Gorantano take uh, preseason NFL snaps. Which is, so, <laughs> yeah. so this is funny because, you know, he was at Tennessee. He was obviously a, a potential five-star kid coming out of high school. He's horrible at Tennessee, blah, 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 blah. Transferred to Washington State. Can't play there. Um, he's the type of guy that I think is going to be sort of a sneaky third stringer for 10 years in the NFL. It's just, it's so funny to me that, and, and that's not have anything to do with, um, you know, the, the decision for Phoenix, because I'm talking Washington state and you're talking Washington, but it just, it hit me that I saw him in the preseason that he's, he's somehow getting an opportunity to make a roster. And, and it's just, maybe he's been cut already. I don't even know, but that was stunning to me. Uh, Washington, they're in a situation here because you know, Sam Eward is the five-star quarterback and, you know, he's a guy that every, all the fans want to see. Dylan Morris is a very, very talented kid coming out of high school that hasn't developed. So now you're taking Michael Phoenix, who's coming off a horrible, horrible injury-filled year at Indiana, who had his magic in 2020. Fans up there aren't going to be very patient with this. Um, they've had a lot of rough goes. I mean, now it's Kalen DeBoer, coach, before – They've had they've had three coaches in the last three years. They're not used to this. They were four and eight last season. Um, Oregon's getting all the attention. Even Washington State's getting more attention than than them with Cameron Ward at quarterback. This is an interesting choice to me. I think it's a safe choice, but I don't think it'll, I I don't see a lot of success for Michael Phoenix up there. We'll keep an eye on that, Mike. Let's uh, let's move along. I know we got uh, we're getting long on time here. Week zero is upon us. We finally mm -hmm. have some live football games that are taking place this upcoming weekend. Probably the most notable, I guess, on the schedule is uh, Nebraska and Northwestern. Of course, overseas. <laughs> like, why would they not be playing anywhere in Nebraska? Right? I think they're they're in Ireland uh, or Britain or England, wherever um, across the pond playing Dublin. a game on Dublin. There we go. This uh, yeah. this upcoming weekend, Mike. Uh, that's the marquee game in week zero, I guess. Right. That's it. That's what we got. Maybe. Mike's frozen. Stinking. I think he might be frozen. Wait a minute. Oh, I'm back. Am I Mike's back? back? You're back. There I you go. Yeah, I was just. I kept no. asking the question five times. Oh no, I was answering, but that was a that was a Wi-Fi issue right there, or actually it was a streamyard issue because I just hit a button and it worked. But yeah, it's the only game with a pulse. I mean, I, I really don't know what other games I can look at here that are of any interest to any human being on earth, but it's of interest to me because, you know, if Scott Frost loses across the pond um, to Northwestern, who's projected to finish last, they're a 13 and a half point favorite. Um, and they could very well lose that game. I, I just wonder what it's going to say to Nebraska fans who are very, very rabid about their program. And, and you know, he's coming off a three and nine year. If he loses that game, the flight home is going to be the longest flight home in the history of the world. And there's a chance 
unlikely because this isn't how Nebraska, I think, would, would operate. But there's a chance he could be fired. I mean, an outside chance. Is this a Lane Kiffin tarmac situation? That's a tough tarmac to be left on in Ireland. Well, I mean, you lose to Northwestern. Yeah. Okay, so the the one team that's projected to finish lower than you, you're coming off a 3-9 and nine season. You had to get rid of all your coaches and replace them. Um, you know, there's excitement around the program with Casey Thompson. You got Mark Whipple at offensive quarter. Let's say you come out and, and dud. And it's a week zero game, so everybody's going to be watching it because it's the only game that anybody cares about. And you follow that up with North Dakota. You follow that up with Georgia Southern. Um, and then you head into Oklahoma in week four. I don't know, man. I, I'm not saying he's going to be fired. I'm just saying that is a must win. If there is a must win that Scott Frost has ever had in his career at Nebraska, it is this game. If they lose it, the wheels go off. Everything changes. He has zero chance of, of maintaining his job throughout the season, you know, unless they catch fire and, and beat Michigan and Wisconsin down the stretch. Their schedule isn't that bad. Out of conference, Oklahoma is a difficult one, you know, but Indiana, Rutgers, Purdue, Illinois in the middle of your season, that's not murderer's row. Minnesota, Michigan, Wisconsin, Iowa, are tough teams, mm-hmm. but they're not talking Alabama, Ohio State, but you lose that game to Northwestern, it sets the tone for your season and you're done. You win it, come back and be North Dakota and Georgia Southern, and you go into Oklahoma 3 and 0. It's just such a polarizingly important game for, for Scott Frost. So I'm going to be very, very in tune with that one. Does he win it, though? Yeah, I mean, I think he wins it. Um, I, I, I took. Northwestern to cover. I, I don't think Nebraska should be laying 13 and a half points at a, at a neutral site game against no. any team short of UConn or somebody horrible like that. So I took them, I took Northwestern to cover, but I think he wins it. Northwestern's a bit of a mess. Um, you know, they did, they, every other year, it seems they make a push towards the West, but I don't think he's going to be able to rebound with this roster as much as we have are, are used to. So yeah, they win the game. Well, let's hopefully do. I mean, like I saw you were talking about this this past week. Uh, his offensive lineman, uh, Scott Frost, apparently a lot of vomit happening. Hopefully they can make it through the game based on, uh, what, 15 to 20 times uh, of vomit per person per practice, if I heard that right? Well, he, he, um, he he's, walked yeah, yeah, he's walked that back. Yeah, he's walked that back. Bait. And again, it was like coach talk, of course. I mean, and, and the funny part about it is leading up to that, all he talked about was how they were taking an extra day off for practice and player safety. And everything he spoke about was what you want to hear from a head coach in this day and age. You know, you're not overworking your players. You're trying to keep it fresh. Safety and health is the most important thing. And then he says something dumb because he's a jock. You know, 15 to 20 pukes of practice. And then he has to walk it back. Um, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm honestly... I know I probably got a foot in the grave, maybe. I'm just disgusted with this world. I am. Because did you just see the Little League thing the other day? Which one? So the Little League uh, situation where the Little League had to come out and say that it wasn't um, racially offensive, that the, they, 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 they cut to the dugout where kids were putting stuffing from a stuffed animal on another kid's head. Mm. And somebody took it to the point that that was cotton. Mm. Like they reached that far. 
Sure. And I'm just, I'm so annoyed with everybody who's just looking for outrage. And, and it happens on my timeline. It happens on everybody's timeline who has any sort of following. But the stretches of ridiculousness that we're looking for to cancel people, the stretches of ridiculousness we're looking for to just down anybody, like that 15 to 20, I had some people in my timeline saying, you know, these are, oh, I watched Corey Stringer, you know, I saw him pass at Vikings training camp. and all. Yeah, it's horrible, but that's not what he's saying. Like, it's not. It, it, so he had to walk it back. He had to talk about it numerous times. And it's just, I, every day I scroll through stuff and I'm astounded at, it's almost like evil genius type of, how can we turn this into something that we're outraged about and want to cancel the world about? And that's what they did to Scott Frost. And that's what they're doing in every state. I mean, these, these little league kids are just kids. They're just kids and they're having fun. Uh, and they were trying to sort of mimic a mohawk of another player and putting ruined. So I just, I get upset. It doesn't mean I'm rooting for Scott Frost in any way, shape or form. You know, I don't have a rooting interest here, hmm. but I didn't like that setup. So it's going to get worse if he loses is what I'm saying. You sure know, is. people are going to go back to his demeanor at the Big Ten Media Day where he left this uncomfortable silence and he wasn't like rah-rah. Then they're going to go back to, oh, he's overworking his players. That offensive line faded in the fourth quarter. They were probably vomiting. Like, just the dumbest things will be used against him and anybody else. And from a psychological standpoint, I, I mean, he's a human being. I, I'm critical of him as a head football coach. But to take this constant, constant negativity on a daily basis, and not only from everybody, but your own fans just saying, I want you fired, blah, blah, blah. My job is to analyze whether he should be fired if he loses to Northwestern on the way home from Dublin. That's my job. I don't care whether it happens or not, but the personal attacks that occur on, on the coaches, personal attacks, just too much for me. So that's why I spoke out. And guess what? People tried to cancel me because of it. Well, it's, I don't know if you've read the uh, Adrian Martinez piece that's out there now. He kind of talks about his his rebirth leaving Nebraska uh, to Kansas State. I think it's an athletic piece. I'm not exactly sure where I read it at, but he takes a couple of low-key jabs at, at, at Scott Frost in that piece as well. So uh, Scott's kicking fire from, from from a lot of different angles. So if you haven't read that piece, there's there's a couple of nuggets in there. He tries it to high road talk about i don't want to talk bad about nebraska those are my brothers i love that coaching staff that's my home i'll always be there oh but by the way there was this one time that scott frost did this so there's a, there's a couple of things in there that you really and want to cancel you know, or, or be outraged there's some more stuff there. and that's that's human nature and adrian martinez can do that because he has a personal relationship with scott frost and he's worked with scott frost and maybe scott frost didn't develop him the way he wanted to be developed or maybe he promised him things when he was being recruited and flipped from tennessee that's his he could do that but it's it's the it's the it's the morons on social media that have they wouldn't know Scott Frost came up and punched him in the face that want to cancel him, and and the morons that want to cancel me that say I'm a proponent of vomiting. <laughs> what is that? Is that really legitimately like what is this a fetish? Like pro vomiting? Gotcha. Well, they like you. Oh yeah, you you don't care about the health and safety of players. You want them to die, and uh, I'm like. I didn't say that. What I said is he said something dumb. It was tongue in cheek. He talked about player safety prior to that. He talked about player safety after that. It was just a dumb, dumb thing to say. And I go, do we want to muzzle these guys so they don't say anything? 
and, and just Marshawn Lynch us, you know, we don't want that either. So, but what people want is they want outrageous clips from dumb coaches and then they want to try to cancel them. But honestly, when it gets into the children, you know, the little league innocence, I lose my mind, but I can't really comment on it because people will try to cancel me. Because then they'll say that I'm this, that, and the other. And it's just the world we're in is just really, it's in bad, bad shape. Well, luckily it'll be in better shape this weekend with football as back, uh, you know, obviously Nebraska, Northwestern, what we got Illinois, Wyoming, Vandy, Hawaii, a couple, any, any other sneaky game this weekend that you're going to keep an eye on? Well, listen, I'm in Connecticut. So you got to watch the UConn game. Yeah. <laughs> Jim, Jim Mora era begins. Yeah, I mean, Utah State's a good football program, and they're favored by 26 and a half, and I think they're going to beat them by 50. I mean, I think they're going to legit beat them by 50. I am taking every dollar I have, which is not a lot, and I'm putting it on Utah State to cover that 26 and a half. Now, Wyoming and Illinois intrigues me as well. Illinois is favored by 11. Wyoming is a good, dangerous football team. This is in Champaign. If Illinois doesn't win this football game, you know, it's not like Brett Bielema is going to be on the hot seat or anything like that. After Lovey Smith uh, and Tim Beckman, they're they're going to give him as much you know patience as humanly possible. But they're a team that that needs to like take a step forward. Um, so they need to beat Wyoming, and then they've got Indiana um, and and Chattanooga. You know, but they've got Virginia, then they got Wisconsin, Iowa, Minnesota, Michigan State, Cross. Uh, Michigan cross, they, they better be, win that Wyoming game as well. And and I'm not sure I would take Wyoming to cover that 11 and a half. Mm, interesting. Tommy yeah, DeVito is the quarterback, I believe, for Illinois. Um, I don't know if that's been named or not. It has now. Week zero games again this weekend. Make sure you uh, you find some of those. And Mike and I obviously will we'll be back at some point in time to break some of that stuff down. Mike, but we got a few minutes left before we close up shop around here. What uh, what's got you pissed off this week? Mike is pissed off as general. Mm-hmm. I know you were talking about some nil distractions that uh, maybe had you a little bit fired up here in the last couple of minutes of the show this week. Mike is pissed off about what? I don't know if it's. Um... I don't know if I'm pissed off at NIL because I think they deserve the money. I, I really do. Um, and, and so it's not pissed off, but you know, I was, I was going through Instagram timeline, you know, and, and again, I don't know why I am because again, it's just all negativity, but I saw the Quinn Ewers thing and it came up and he's, you know, there's this logo for some team I've never heard of. And then he it shows him in a, in a vest with the logo of the Austin bandits and he's wearing chaps like a cowboy and all this other stuff. And he's like, uh, Bandit Nation, let's go or let's ride or something. He's promoting the Austin Bandits, which is a pro bull riding team, which I didn't know existed. Um, and I just thought to myself, I'm like, this is something different that we're not used to. And it, nobody really correlates the bust of Spencer Rattler, the regression of Sam Howell, uh, the regression of DJ Wangalele, um, you know, Derek King and all those deals that went awry after he got injured. Um, all the money spent on Quinn Ewers in Ohio, that's worthless now on and on and on last year was a perfect storm of really something we've never seen in college football before. I don't think we've ever seen a Heisman favorite and a, and a projected number one overall pick not only lose his job, but have to transfer 
um, and be out of the Heisman race four weeks into the season. And there were arguments between Rattler and his coach as to autograph signings the week before the Texas game. Like NIL came into play in their locker room, in their meeting rooms. It's going to happen more and more, um, and it's going to distract more and more, and you're going to see more players bust out because of it. But there's no anger because they deserve the money. Uh, but I think people underestimate the fact that they've got to juggle schoolwork, social life, playbook, film, practice. Now they're running a business. That's going to really take away from a lot of their ability to not only their ability to be successful, but their hunger to be successful and to that drive that's needed to be the, the best player. Well, that and now they're going to have different uh, different handlers in their lives, right? If they've hired different individuals to help them lead some of this stuff, right? Who do you trust? Is it family? Is it as an agency? And there's always jealousy, right? Mike, you're going to, you know, the quarterback down the street gets X for, for a deal. You're going to be like, Hey, I'm, I'm better than that person. I, I want, I want that deal. Right. So there, there's a whole lot of Pandora's well, box. And you also, these deals just came out after he was named starter. Right. Mm -hmm. So to me, these deals have been in place for quite some time. You, you telling me there's, I, I don't, think Steve Sarkeesian named him as the starter because the booster said so. But there's well, I said that on the internet, Mike. It's got to be true. The internet told me that <laughs> and the NIL boosters picked the quarterback. That's got to be true. Well, no? there's, there's internal pressure in different aspects now that go into naming your starter. I mean, so what happens if he's the backup? Do those deals come out? Do, do, are they rescinded? Are those all those commercials he shot? Because there was another one too. I don't know if it was for beef jerky or something. But these deals, you know, uh, are, are in place. So what happens mm -hmm. if he, Hudson Card's named the starter? Uh, do, do you really want a guy who's embarrassingly named the backup? No. So uh, we got a roll because I got an 11 o'clock, but it's not pissing me off. The Little League thing pissed me off. If you don't know about it, just look at it. it, it I couldn't be more outraged um, about that, but that has nothing to do with college football. Um, I'm ready to focus on college football and the games. And there's going to be a really, really good distraction because this offseason has been stupid. You know, with Jimbo and, and Saban and, and the expansion and TV deals and all this other stuff. It's like, let's mm. just play. Yes, let's just play. The games are finally here again. Week zero starts this uh, this weekend. Mike will have you covered on his website, MikeFarrellSports.com. Uh, do a little bookmark of that site so you can make sure you check that out. Mike, I'm sure you'll have a bunch of stuff up throughout the week and leading into the games, post-game, yeah. stuff like that. And I'll have an announcement next week, too. Um, no, 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 no. Okay. Which, 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 I mean, we're moving to a different platform, which is great. And it's going to help really a lot of things about the site. So that'll be next week. I'll announce that. Check out all that stuff again. MikeFarrellSports.com. MFarrellSports on Twitter. Maybe Instagram if you're up for it. I don't know if Mike's up for it. But if you want to follow him there, he will take that. Again, this don't YouTube channel. Me. Don't follow Don't follow. Me. Never mind. Don't I follow Mike. Malachi Nelson's going to Albany. I'm an idiot. I'll delete The YouTube this. channel is starting to grow thanks to you in the short clip. So you can send me a ton of those, I hope. Yeah, let's go to YouTube. Uh, make sure you follow Mike's uh, Feral Sports on that as well. If you're listening on the Believe Podcast Network, thanks for doing that. Hit subscribe. This thing will be in your feed each and every time Mike decides it's podcast time. Until we talk to you again, have a fantastic first weekend of college football. We'll be back soon. Everybody, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.